Thank you, Matt Pless. That was Something's Gotta Give. Hello, good evening. My name is Stephanie Piddock, and I'm your host and of the Peppermint Cat Resistance. We will be discussing direct democracy tonight and all sorts of great things. And I have a co-host tonight. His name is Tony Brasher. And hello, Tony. How are you? Tony? Are you there? Hello? Okay, I guess Tony is not there. I thought he was. Tony, are you there? Okay, I'm going to disconnect Tony for the moment and hope he calls back in because we're having some technical difficulties here. But uh, in the meantime, I will talk about who I am in case you're new to the show. My name is Stephanie Piddock, and I ran recently for the U.S. Congress in Connecticut's 5th District um, as a Green Party candidate supporting Bernie Sanders. Um, I am now looking to run for governor with Bernie's endorsement and waiting to hear back from him on that. I won't be able to run otherwise because I'm not taking corporate money, and without Bernie's endorsement, I won't get very far. Um, I think we have Tony back on the line. Hold on. Yeah. Hello, Tony. Hello? Hi. I guess hey. we got a, had a little problem there. Okay, great to have you. Yep. Good to be here. So how are you today? I'm good. Uh, well, I mean, mixed. I've uh, seen some difficulties in the whole process of getting funded, um, but, you know, we just keep struggling through it. Hopefully we'll make it happen. Have right. you considered Indiegogo at all? Yeah, you know, uh, I haven't had a lot of people on the team that could help in terms of making uh, media for that. We finally contacted a video specialist, and he's uh, he's been busy, uh, hasn't been putting in, hasn't been making it happen. Uh, and maybe that's for the best because I haven't been pushing on him on that either because I feel like he would be more successful if he had some screenshots of the site, like right, a, right. a, a walkthrough, some you know something uh, for them to see, so they could really give it a face. More concrete, uh, more concrete, yeah. Yeah, instead of it just being vague ideas, um, because we have it drawn up. You know, we have uh, visual walkthroughs and stuff posted at lodgein.org and uh, other places, but. Um, I I just uh, I guess I need to connect with more video specialists, or I've, I've been wondering if I need to try and get uh, a better mock-up uh, site so that people could sort of see it and there'd be screenshots. Um, I don't know if the ones we have are good enough. I I don't know. We're at a funny moment where we're just kind of trying everything we can. Maybe for our audience and people that aren't familiar or haven't listened to the show before, you should introduce yourself and explain what LawGen is and give a brief synopsis there. All right. Uh, my name is Tony Brasher. Uh, basically, we are working on a wiki for solutions to problems, to anything. So instead of trying to build a direct democracy website and then get everyone stoked about it and go to log into our site and see how many people are in their town and stuff, which, you know, in, in the beginning is like two people with that, um, uh, usually leading to these sites not, not working. Usually they end up not getting enough 
uh, early adopters to reach what, what is called the critical threshold, where the site takes off and it has a community that continues to function and sustain itself. It has enough activity where all the individuals would keep logging into it, and it really becomes a thing in the community. Um, right. That's that's really the the hardest thing about our situation is, you know, it's not hard to see that the politicians are fucking hopeless. It's not hard to see that they have a system that auto-selects for more of the same, right, protects itself. Um, it's not hard to imagine a system that would be better than this. You know, a, a lot of people talk about utopia. I, I compare it more to flight. You know, we didn't... Before flight happened for humans, we thought it was impossible. Um, and when it very well, on the very first days, you had something that was technically flight, uh, which was uh, air balloons, but it, it really didn't give you the performance you needed, you know. And it, it really is like this with every new technology. You have its 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 awkward phase, which is the beginning. Really, all technologies have two stages. There's the stage where you prove it's possible, and then there's the rest of time where you just make it more efficient, where you're making it more efficient and refining. So uh, that's where direct democracy is. A lot of people say that people cannot govern themselves. They have to elect officials. There will always have to be a politician or a ruler. Um, but, you know, if, uh, if you've lived in any of the more interesting communities on this planet, that there doesn't have to be a leader. It doesn't have to be a politician that groups of people can come together and make their own decisions. And that's uh, really what direct democracy is. That's why we're all talking about Athen Athenian, a Athenian democracy? Am I pronouncing Athenian. it right? Athenian, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, um, yeah, I've been seeing a lot of people doing a lot of talking, and even when they take action and they have the technical faculties necessary to produce a good for the direct democracy community, they produce something that the rest of the community sees as a a government website. And so that's that's really what we feel special about the Lodge In Project is that we're building a, a place for solutions to problems of all kinds. And if your community has a problem, no matter what size it is, you have a space and lots of little tools and whatnot to resolve it and make decisions as equals. Well, I had an idea I wanted to bounce off you that I was going to take in private, but I really, I don't, I don't think it is that earth shattering of an idea that it needs to be private. And I think it'll be interesting to discuss. <laughs> um, as you know, I'm doing Sandersville and for the people that don't understand or know what Sandersville is, it was, it's a concept that I came up with uh, shortly after Bernie lost the nomination. I wanted to create an intentional community of like-minded people so we could all have a direct democracy now and live it now and have everything we want in the future now. Um, yeah, make it happen. And, and I was thinking, and I know, because I was thinking I would have to be a nonprofit myself, if I could possibly piggyback off your nonprofit and we could kind of partner together to make your software and my physical community one as one, as as the example of how a community can use this software, and everybody would, you know what I mean? It, it sounds great, but um, we're we're licensed under an umbrella nonprofit. So okay, you already I, piggybacked, yeah. 
Yeah, right. Have... So you, if you want, you can contact Media Island International. They do. Uh, they are open to collaborations with people and other groups. Oh, great! Um, and then, of course, there's, there's you can just. I mean, you can look for umbrella nonprofits and uh, start poking around too. If uh, Media Island isn't to your preference, you know, everyone has their policies, their own right. little bylaws as communities. Correct. So you want to make sure. Everything's a good fit for you. Media Island keeps it pretty reasonable, though. That's very cool because I I had spoke to someone, and they had told me that it would be possible to do. I didn't understand. I didn't know the term umbrella, but uh, yes, that's perfect, and that's what I was looking for. Thank you so much for that direction, and yeah. I just think that Sandersville, as the physical expression of direct democracy, utilizing the tool that you're developing. Would would really increase the impact and sale of yeah. It of would be great what, to have what you're doing. To have it would you know if, if we can get a community together that is expressly about uh, non hierarchical decision making, then that would be the ideal community to sort of spearhead the effort and the refinement process for the technology because you know the first thing that flies is never going to be the best thing that, fl- that flew. Right, right. Um, and so that, that's really how we look at it. We're, we're, put, we're putting on the table something that will work and can refine itself really efficiently. And then from there, we, we hope we seek to thoroughly master all of the little features and subfunctions that are necessary for the ultimate objective, which is to prove that direct democracy is a totally, not just a viable alternative, but it is clearly technologically superior. Yes. But how do you propose we get the rest of the populace educated enough to make the the correct decisions? I mean Well, that's the thing. Okay, think about think about what people are logging into today. Right. You have a number of websites where if you told them like what they did for society or something, people would not have logged into them. They really wouldn't some people would have cared, not enough. Right. Craigslist is an extremely successful site because it gets you things, right? You can actually go there and make money or like get services like rides to places and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why LawGen is going to also have a number of side, side aspects to it, subsystems. So... Uh, first and foremost, it's a wiki for solutions to all problems. So if you are having a problem with your language, with like English, think about all the things that we, we really sort of need words for. We only have like five words for love. What the fuck is wrong with us? We've been using language for thousands of years, and we, don't, we, don't, we have way more words for, for nonsense than we do for the things that matter. And, uh, we right. don't really have good words for things like um, inner beauty specifically, you know? Mhm. Um, I, I always found the could, English language very confining. I, it's a very difficult yeah, language yeah. to express yourself. And, and th- think about how impossible it is to work on a language. It's like you can't do that. There's no place to go. Uh, if you are in France, there's uh, there's some people who determine what is officially or is not officially a word. Um, but there, we don't have anything like that in English, and I'm not sure it's really that effective for France. It's more like the dictionary people where they sort of look out and they see what people are using a bunch, and then they go, okay, well, that's a word, isn't it? Um, 
So uh, there's a lot of things like that that are just nebulous, and there's just really no center. There's no place to go to right. uh, even so much as meet with other people and talk about the, the subject. So it would be really cool uh, in the first place to have a wiki for every solution to every conceivable problem you can type in. It, you could type in the freaking design of a jug. You could type in how Pop-Tarts are made. You could type in sex. You could type in any drug, any anything that you care about. You can you can create a space for it if it's not already created. And if it is, then see what everyone thought was a problem in that space or could be worked on, and then all the ideas they had once you click on those. I'm I'm in love with the idea. I really am, and I want to see it yeah, come to fruition. I really do, I'm, and... Well, I'm so confused that we have been having so much difficulty getting programmers. It seems like like if I was learning code and I was going to do something in the world, it seems like a wiki for all solutions to all conceivable human problems would be pretty high up there. It would be like a nice little resume builder. I don't, I don't understand why we're having so much difficulty with that. Um, well, maybe because you're not finding it, – it's, it's kind of kismet, too, that you have to get the right team together. And you're in the building stage, and those people will come to you. As soon yeah, as- we're also super early yeah. on. We only have like one or two programmers, so they're they they look at the team. It's not even like a team. It's like one or two guys, and they're like, uh, I don't know. Or it'd be like, man, if you would just stick with this, and like when we get enough people, we'll get the ball rolling, and we'll let you know. Or I don't know, give it a shot, see if it. You know, we're not asking you to build technology for hurting puppies. Like you give us a give us a chance, shit. Right, uh, right. But uh, yeah, that's been a struggle. So uh, w- lately, we've been sort of shifting more to the idea that, you know, fuck it. Maybe we just need to pay them. Maybe the answer to this problem is uh, getting funded. Now that we have nonprofit status, maybe it's time to just go all out on the the funding aspect. And then when we get a budget for programming. Which is really our, all we all we have to pay. We don't need a physical space. We don't really need anything but some programmers to hack away at this thing and make something that isn't riddled with bugs, something that works. Um, so we've had estimates as low as uh, as low as five grand. You know, we don't want to go too low because there's going to be a lot of bug hunting that's necessary, and also there's a lot of sub features. I, I haven't even like in all these discussions. There's like like an hour of conversation that would be necessary to communicate all the little features that people would turn to if there was a fight or if uh, you wanted to rate people or um, especially all the things that this that this opens up. Uh, for instance, when we vote, you notice we have to vote uh, with all these other people in this legalistic box thing called the state. And it has a particular geographic shape. And if anything is uh, hotly contested. One side basically beats the other, and now we all have to deal with that. Uh, look at Trump. Right. You know, we we call it a democracy. We say, oh, what about the tyranny of the majority? Look, we have a fucking tyranny of the majority. We didn't even have a majority voting for this asshole, and he fucking got into power. So it's like a, it's like, it's this is absurd. We can obviously do much better than this. Um, and also, why do we have to do anything like this? Why do we have to aggregate ourselves together as legalistic entities when what we have is uh, a dream of democracy? 
and populations with uh, their own geographic, their their sort of natural formations. You know, the Bible Belt sort of I, the people from one part of it identify more strongly with other members of that group because they they share a lot of the same values. So they shouldn't have the same laws because in a democracy their values are different, which means their laws should be different. So right. So basically what this does is it opens a doorway to a situation where uh, we can start mapping where the support for particular ideas are, um, not in terms of how many people in Oregon or Nebraska or whatever, but in terms of the actual geographic densities, uh, city by city, of of who supports what. So we can see this portion of the Midwest wants clearly believes in these ideas, and these should be their laws. This is what they're voting up. And instead of making them fight with all these other people, we could say the laws in these towns up, up north or to the side or whatever should should uh, follow these values because that's what the census is telling us. But it makes sense. Yeah, that's what I thought. There's, there's so many good ideas in this, and that's why it's like – it just it, when you have an idea that's good and it's this hard to get people to help, it just it makes you wonder if you've lost your mind, you know. Well, that's I'm how I feel with Sandersville. I mean, I started my group and I was really excited. I thought I would get a lot of support because everybody's gaga over Bernie, and you know, we 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 really want this, and this is something. I mean, I, I immediately when I put out the call, I immediately got a hundred people in seconds, and. Now that I'm asking for donations, everybody's run away. So, <laughs> so it's it's difficult to move forward. People are like, yeah, 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 but when it comes time to put, you know, your money where your mouth is, you know, it's difficult mm-hmm. to get people to commit. And you know, this is our future, and the people in power are not going to care about our future. It's the people on the bottom who are struggling and have these ideas like you and I that you know, want a better humanity that need the support, you know? The humanists and, versus the capitalists. Right, the humanists versus the capitalists. You can see it in the brain formation. I mean, the neurology has gotten to the point where we're, we're looking at individual regions, and we're starting to notice that some people, some groups, have uh, really characteristic differences in their, in their, uh, their wiring, their hard wiring of their nerve cells. Their biology, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Um, It's going to get to the point where you can look at someone's scan and tell if they were liberal or conservative or rich (laughs) or poor. I mean, why do we have to put ourselves in all these boxes? Why can't we just be human beings and enjoy ourselves and enjoy all this technology we've created and enjoy the abundance that's been amassed and not hoarded away? I mean... I don't get it. I don't get why they like to hoard all these zeros in a computer when it's strangling humanity. I don't. I don't get it. I well, just don't you get have it. to understand that they don't actually have a choice. So, if uh, a person is a CEO, that means that they have options presented to them by analysts. They have a whole, possibly a whole team of analysts that have determined which options are good. Uh, "Quote unquote good." They provide more money for the business. Which ones provide less money for the business and shareholders? Which means 
that really they don't have any power because it's already known what they should be choosing. If you're an investor and you're watching them choose the the options presented by the analysts that were determined to be less profitable, then that's going to uh well, it depends if you're a human. I mean usually if you have that kind of money you're you only care about making more out of it. Well that's, uh, that's you don't the care problem. about right. anything else. Yeah. Right. But that's, I mean so do we blame the, the shareholders who don't actually call the shots or do we call the CEOs who don't actually call the shots or do we blame the analysts who don't actually call it you know we've had we have a situation where uh the machine is in motion but no one is in control right and it's a fucking right. death machine it is we're we're, all, we're we're facing extinction here and i don't we think are. people understand the ma- <laughs> the magnitude of uh what we're facing if we do not act at this very second in time. If we let this moment like pass, movies. it's the over. You guys always win. Didn't you, haven't you been watching movies, uh, the the media for the last hundred years? <laughs> good guys win, man. Don't worry. God will prevail or goodness <laughs> or just, you know, it's like there's just so many stupid fucking excuses people can choose from to not take action. Right. Uh, and, it's so it's so much harder to trust that if you take action, it will lead to anything good. You know, like, um, okay, with the Sandersville thing, uh, I think you are probably up against primarily a trust issue. Like, if I was, if someone was offering for me to buy into something, to invest into it, um, I would want to know that I had some sort of receipt or something that I could count on from this purchase. So, like, theoretically, if you have a funding situation where you can't get anything to anyone unless you get enough money from the group to buy the land first or something, right? There's going to be like a minimum like a minimum amount that is necessary for there to be any degree of success, right? Right. right. So what you could do is tell them uh you, you I mean you can open a Kickstarter campaign for instance and you say, "Look, you pay into this, I have these different packages here, right? These different award packages. So if you pay in uh, this much to this much, you get an award package A. If you get this paid in this much to that much, you get the award package B. And, and basically you draw it up where uh, where you can tell them, look, if we don't get enough money to actually make this happen and make a return for everyone, then you just get your money back in a couple months. Um, right, right, and, right. And so this way, we have three months to sort of like get as a critical threshold there, and then boom, we own the property. You own this much of it. Uh, you have this much stake in the decision. Um, but I, I feel like that would be more successful if you could already show them the like the direct democracy technology. So uh, be it mine or some other teams. Um, if you actually had the thing that they could log into and they could they could go there with you and, and have these discussions with you and others through this technology that would cement for the entire community, individual by individual, that yes, the new technology is here. We've totally fucking got this. Buy in. Invest now. That's what you want. And so until Direct Democracy has its, its website, its infrastructure, I, I anticipate that every direct democracy effort will be utterly haunted by its lack of a faith. Well, I was I wasn't thinking in ver in 
when I first envisioned this, I wasn't imagining there was technology developed to use. So I yeah, was going the infrastructure. To and then, the, I'm sorry, but that's that's actually the most. That's like something that right. shocked me about the entire previous generation. There's been all these brilliant people dropping acid and thinking and speaking all night long, and so much thinking that has gone into this, and yet it is so rare for me to encounter someone from that age that that thought, hey, you know, at the end of the day, uh, there's a nuts and bolts issue. Like, if, like no matter what we've determined, uh, if the ballots are made by them, then our ideas won't matter. Like, <laughs> they will just... We will just be depressed by our own intelligence. Um, we 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 have to be able to create our own rules, and without that that nuts and bolts thing, the idea for a car or an airplane or anything else can never be. You ha- at some point, you have to s- screw things together. You have you have to make the infrastructure for the actual facilitation of the service. Right, and my my idea for doing direct democracy in the commu- the physical community was going to be general assembly occupy style. Um, uh, that that was in my... which case the technology was clearly there, although quite controversial in terms of its efficacy. Right, I mean, yes. a lot of people, a lot of people right. argued about that, and they have good points. It, I mean, the mic check thing was cool. It was definitely uh, an expression of solidarity that you could say something and everyone else would say it too. You know, it made you feel less alone, more connected. Um, definitely people power-esque, lots of people power energy in there. But at the end of the day, we need we need the, the best ideas to spread like wildfire, not to be right. uttered here and there and flint out and be lost to the air. Right. Well, I mean, what your technology will do is put everything into overdrive. And, you know, I I hope that you've looked into idealist.org for programmers. I, don't, I have. Yeah. We, have, we heard oh, good. one. That's why I was kind of bummed out today because I told him about the project. And once he heard about direct democracy, he was like, oh, I don't know about this. And he, I don't know if we can do this. And I was like, dang. Really? Uh, yeah. Why Why don't you think this is worth trying? Like, what do you wow. think's going <laughs> to – again, I'm not asking you to build the technology to hurt puppies. This is like – this is a people's Facebook. This is going to facilitate a time bank and like all these other really cool little things that are going to help people to survive and make money and make friends and have community. Uh, I'm sorry that I'm sorry that he uh, wasn't excited. I mean, as soon as I heard yeah, it, I saw the possibilities. This is cool. Yeah, yeah. and I, I meet, I totally meet people that resonate with this idea where it's like, of course we would use networking technology. Of course that's what we need to do. Uh, well, hopefully but, um, people are listening with an earshot that no programmers and uh, can just tell them, you know, this is, you know, when you have something that's valuable and you're just starting to coalesce things together around it, the core yeah. people at the bottom are the ones that are the founders and why no one would want to latch on and be a founding founder of something so tremendous. I don't 
I mean, I yeah, maybe it's just me as a visionary because I've always been a visionary and I've always been able to see like the potential of the internet. And I don't know, I know you're pretty young. How old? When were you born? Uh, I'm 30 years old now. You're 30. Yeah, it's it's relatively young. And my son, I have my oldest son is your, your age. Now, I in 1994 when the internet first started, um. No one, I was selling websites to people that did not know what the internet was. So if you can imagine, you know, saying, hey, you know, the internet's going to change your life in ways you can't even imagine. But if you put your, if you you go out, I mean, you're kind of selling the internet in a way, like I did 30, 25 years ago, you know. So, (laughs) well, just as much egalitarianism, too. But yeah, yeah. Right. But, you know, it's it was an amazing looking back now and and knowing so fully how incredible the internet was going to become and people yeah. just and people were so down on it like oh no 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 I'm like oh, wait, that's for wait, wait wait till you see wait till <laughs> you see you're not going to believe it and my parents didn't believe it and now Netscape I don't know if you remember Netscape uh, Netscape 1.0 uh, was the first graphical browser on the internet, and huh. um, when it w- had its first initial public offering, it was seventeen dollars. And I want—I didn't have the money, and I wanted right. to buy every God piece damn of it. it. <laughs> if only we had and, known. And it went to two fifty, at its yeah. height. And uh, you know, I, I could have been a millionaire many times over. So many things and. Right. No. And I know that's still happening too. Like right now, it's like, ah, oh, who do I invest in? Oh, I don't have any fucking money. I'm in the right. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> you know, I'm, I can't tell you how many times this has happened to me. And and recently with the Snapchat one, if I had money, I would have did Snapchat. Um, yep. But uh, I mean, oh, I've heard that was uh, I've heard that one didn't pay out so well. <laughs> It didn't really. I didn't see. I I knew it was going. Yeah, to no, I maybe I'm dyslexic. I might be thinking of a related, but I think Snapchat is like, yeah, one of those ones you're lucky you didn't invest in. Oh, okay, <laughs> good. At least I feel better now. <laughs> yeah. I really hate missing the boat, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. My whole life, Although you I know, wish there wasn't like a, I wish it was there's like a bunch of rafts and shit. There wasn't like boats and star- uh, fucking drowning people, you know, like. Kind of a nightmare society. <laughs> People are drowning, and they're like, "Hey, can you like give me? Can can anyone like spare a couple bucks so I can afford medicine or some shit?" Like, it's kind of terrifying. Right. Uh, the internet. I mean, again, you know, people did not see the potential. They did not. I mean, you and when you draw it out and say, "Look, you can. You're going to be able to sell." I mean, I had. My first client, um, I ended up having a, a very successful uh, new media consulting business. And uh, our first client was an ad agency in New York City called Top Dog. And for people that remember uh, Max Headroom, I know you don't because that was in the 80s. Um, they developed, they, they came up with that concept of Max Headroom. Uh, they, we we developed an online service for uh, G Capital selling all industrial equipment. Um, it was specifically for their. Uh, it was like the first intranet kind of thing. This is back in '95. Um, all right. My ex husband ended up becoming uh, 
the webmaster of CMP Media in New York City, which was a computer shopper and all those computer magazines at the time that are now all defunct because of the internet. Um, but it was it was such an amazing uh, time watching the internet explode and and become what it is now and uh, the force that it is. And we need net neutrality, and it's being threatened. And uh, it scares me to death that they want to clamp down. So everybody has to yeah. get in the fight. I mean, there's so many there's so many fires going. People have to specialize in their fires and and yeah. go at it. You know, yep. specialize, 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 and put all your energy into putting out your fire because we have so many of them right now. Oh, God help us! If I, yeah. And I, yeah. you know. That was one of really? my first observations from the Occupy movement was this is fucking cool, but we are using uh, a technology that is not sophisticated enough to deal with the extent of our current problem. We, you know, we, we used to be able to stand together and make decisions, um, band together and fix something, because it used to be the village had one or two things going wrong. I mean, there's always, like, diseases and stuff, but, I mean, like, there, what was really insufferable was something that was simple enough that people could come together and work on it. Now we have a hundred fucking thousand fronts. And this the old thousand-year-old technology of just banding together and and doing something as, as an angry mob isn't effective. Right. So it's been confusing because it's like if someone hates riots, I could be like, hey, well, you you want to help people see that they don't need to riot, like you know the I mean remember the riot is the language of the unheard, so we need to be more heard, we need to be more connected, less desperate. We'll riot less and shit, right? Less crime, right. less desperation. So why don't you help me with this project? And they'd be like, that's a cool idea. And then that's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then no contribution, nothing. So it's sad, but I think uh, the level of coordination necessary to create the infrastructure is too great for volunteer efforts that doesn't have this infrastructure already. We need the infrastructure to get volunteers to make the infrastructure properly. So right. uh, instead right. of fuddling with this catch-22 any longer, um, my, all my effort now is focused on just trying to get some money. If we had five to ten grand, if we get one good grant, Fuck, if we could meet one rich person, you, you just pass with a couple thou for the fucking, for the fun of it, you know? I know there's people who, who, uh, would have that kind of money, you know, it'd be nothing to them, and it's, it's so difficult knowing it, but like, every day my heart's bleeding, and all these other people's hearts are bleeding for all the, the those who are less fortunate, you know? Right. I can't take a hot bath without thinking about all the people who don't even fucking have water. That's right, or, or poison water, or the people in Flint yeah. with poison water. Yeah, yeah, they can't, they'd be fucking poisoned by what I'm, by that, you know? Right. All the little children not eating because of the fucking famines induced that were exacerbated or created from the climate change, um, right. which is exacerbated right. by the fuels that we were using. So I, I feel bad just for the heat and the water, um, but, you know, it's like you got to bathe, you got to eat, you got to... You need warmth, um, and so right. instead of us blaming each other forever for uh, not 
not living command like fucking like people in the Stone Age. We need to address the fact that that we have a, a deeply systemic issue, and that the the problem isn't that people are taking warm showers or enjoying food. Uh, that's cooked a lot or something. The problem is that the energy is not being made from renewable sources. And why isn't it being made from renewable sources? Because profit is the bottom line in our society. They have a lot of oil to sell you. They have a lot yeah, of oil to sell you. Those people are not ready for their commodity to not be valuable. So. No, it won't be until the last drop is out of the ground. And, we, and, and also, you know, I wonder... I sincerely wonder, and I, I fully understand this is like a conspiracy level thing, pardon me, but I, I really wonder if they want to destroy the earth. Isn't it? Because I, I question that as well. I do. Because if, if we're in space, they can still air. They can, I mean, practically, they can they can make the quarters be, they can fucking brainwash the shit out of people if a colony uprises and we get our, like, great Marxist future in the sky, they'll fucking blow that colony up. So, um, you know, when I think about the future of humanity, it seems like we really need to deal with the heart of darkness at this point in our evolution. Because if, as we get more technology, the, the ability to implant memories, which has already began, uh, supposedly, um, with the rats, it's a very simple memory where they get it to fear a room that has never shocked them. Uh, you can I've Google that. It's not controversial at all. I just posted a story of the first genetically modified ant. <laughs> yeah, we're we're getting down to the, no. the, the world of the micro, which means that we can yes. we are going to start to be able to make bioweapons like never before. We can nanotechnology, make, yeah. Terrifying things are coming if we do not deal with capitalism now. We have to deal with it and, and, and people yeah. have to get out of the mindset that Socialism is communism. They have to understand that is not the case. Um, and that's, that's so ridiculous, you know. too, in the first place. Because it's like, I mean, these these definitions are just fucking us over. They're so useless. Yes. Think about what socialism, yeah. what does socialism even mean anymore? It, it, does, are the cops socialism? Is the, is the military socialism? It's coming from Our my tax money and going to the club. You know, it's like, it's not for, it's not done by a private entity. You know, so it's like, unless they're going to call everything tax goes to socialism, it just seems like this is a whole lot of bullshit. And it, the moment that, that these labels, these totally loaded terms enter the stage, you just see you see a conversation delineate into a shitstorm and people are no longer thinking, oh, Bob just wants to make it so that the roads are fucking paid by taxes. That's a totally logical idea that people have been... You, Seeing work for thousands of years Like uh, you can call that Socialism but Bob just Thinks we should take care of our roads Like why do we need to call anyone Socialist to get that Like it just it doesn't help it only gets in the way Now right Yeah our language does trip Us up and 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 The emotion that it That it uh, inspires when you Speak the terms you know It really is they are loaded Yep. People, you know, the, the problem is you're obviously a thinking person as am I. People don't think deeply. Um, they're yeah. very shallow and superficial and just kind of skim across things. They don't something, take the time to really. Something gives them the feeling they want. 
it, it's really they just want it's 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 all based on the reward pleasure feeling, you know pleasure right they just want to feel good and if the moment you talk about things that they're not familiar with in the first place, that a lot of people are uncomfortable and people have a shitty relationship to their discomfort. Your discomfort is your friend. It, it is. is it's such a teacher. Teach you oh, it is. The most important things, the, the right. most important things in life. And so to have a whole culture of people who are running from their, their own selves, their own reality, from everything that's it's a uh, yeah. It it really tends to breed antisocial behavior and intelligent people. It tends to breed deep-seated isolation and depression, where where intelligence was supposed to be fun, used to be uh, you right. know, uh, celebrated. Actually, <laughs> yeah, not to celebrate it, but I mean, like it was it was actually fun. You were more clever. You could you could figure out how to make things work, and you could make your stuff last longer, and you could get better sex or who knows like you applied your intelligence to things that were either uh either made your life suck less or made your life more awesome and so you really were connected to the rewards and benefits of of intelligence and now that everything is made by a fucking machine and no one fixes anything anymore not even their relationships not even their fucking soul <laughs> Then uh, oh. we're in a society where everything's disposable, and lo and behold, right. you're depressed and feel unimportant. Like no fucking god, you don't you don't fix your friendships, you don't fix your romances, you don't you don't deal with your own speeding heart when it's uncomfortable, even though you're what your kid's smoking some weed or or fucking uh, some guy is kissing another guy. Like we get caught up over the stupidest shit. Who's using the bathroom? Like no one's even heard of anyone. Oh, no one's even fucking so complaining. So, that's like, oh my god, just epic stupidity. That's. We need more of these conversations because people aren't saying out loud the things we're saying, you know, in mass. I mean, maybe there's yeah. there's conversations, you know, between private people, but on the air, these things are not being spoken of at all. And yeah. and you know this is what this is the nitty gritty. This is the stuff that has to be spoken of, because we've lost our soul, we've lost touch with ourselves, you know, yeah. all yeah. all for pleasure, and we're the, you know, we're so wrapped up in in and and want and 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 our in ourselves that we don't look at, you know, we have empathy for that one person, but not for the the mass, you know, empathy is a is a loaded thing too because we need compassion. Compassion and kindness, and and those human qualities that are so glorious in us to be elevated instead of the, you know, dark and uh, dangerous part of us ourselves. You know. Yeah, it's it's interesting you mentioned that. Have you ever heard of Marshall Rosenberg's nonviolent communication? No. Okay, so nonviolent communication is kind of a crappy name. Because you just think, oh, well, let's just not be mean to each other when we communicate, right? Like, it, that's not what this is at all. Bad name. Um, it is uh, probably better understood as need literacy uh, because ultimately what not NBC is is like a uh, housemate, a lover, a stranger, a child, my, my inner voice, anything could assault me uh, psych- psychologically. Someone could be like, you're such a stupid slob, or just like say anything mean. And what need literacy does is it lets you convert 
this whole this whole universe of messages into the basically the meat literacy uh, universe. So uh, like so hard to communicate how profa- how profound this is. Uh, you you just ask what was needed that wasn't what needs were unmet that led to the person behaving in that way. So uh, and there's no right or wrong anymore. So every anxiety thought you have, all of your depression, all of that muck is built on uh, really on this this whole architecture of language and meaning, which assumes that there is a right and a wrong way to do things. If something bad happens, if there's a problem, that means someone's bad, someone maybe someone's good. You reward them or punish them like a fucking dog. Um, and and that's where all the, the moralism comes in is that this right and wrong. Oh, you idiot! How did you? You really can't insult someone without inf- at least implying that something was wrong or someone's below someone else. Without those two concepts, you cannot have anxiety thinking. You cannot have insults. Um, and that's why this is the most powerful shit I've ever found because now whenever there's an insult, I can just think what what need was not met that led to that um, and and really just sort of figure out what's needed to move forward in a productive manner. You just was who needs what? It's its own. Uh, you can say anything positive or negative. You can tell your friend that you're concerned about their drug problem. You don't have to put on peachy king glasses and pretend there's no negative or just focus on the positive, man. You know, you you can actually talk about everything. Right. Um, and and in a way that that's not going to make it confrontational because it's you're not saying anyone's wrong, you're just saying what you need. That's that's that is profound. Yeah, that's uh, I I I I feel like it's impossible to understand until you're in a situation where like you feel like there's no solution, and then you think about it in terms of need literacy, and you're like, wait, wait. <laughs> Uh, this is really simple. This person just needs that. I'm doing this because I need this other thing, and this other person needs that. As we, like, it, it's pretty rare that there's actually a situation where someone has to lose. Right. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so if, uh, if any listeners are interested, uh, go to YouTube.com and type in uh, NBC. San Francisco. He did a videotape of San Francisco conference, and uh, I think it's beautiful. It's uh, skip past the very beginning because he starts off with a song, and it's a little bit hokey. It's about ex- communicating from the heart, right? He, uh, he has a very serious look. This is a prison psychologist. This is a guy who got a PhD in psychology, and then and then worked with people who were. Uh, murderers, rapists, hardcore drug addicts. He uh, then he moved to, then he moved on to victims of extreme trauma. Uh, so he has a permascale. Don't let that fool you. He is a fucking gem of a human being. And uh, if you give the man five minutes, he will probably be impressed. Can you, can you say his name again and spell it? Say his name Marshall, again. Marshall. It's it's all phonetic. Uh, Marshall Rosenberg. So oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, Okay, excellent. Thank you so much. Yeah, That's check it out. That was a huge research. inspiration for the Login Project, too, because I realized that um, this psychology, which is 
by far the most powerful psychology I've ever found. I, I majored in psychology. I had no interest in psychology until I saw NBC because I thought psychology was bullshit. Uh, a lot of it's just, you know, a lot of, especially because I, I was, I had thought it was, uh, like, like most lay people, I thought psychology was, like, more Freudian and, and, uh, and there's, a, there's a lot of weird psychology out there, uh, especially if you delve into the past. They've been cleaning it up a lot. I think they've done a lot of good work, especially when they've removed, uh, homosexuality from the D- DSM. You know, yeah, it used right. to be a, a, yeah, right? Uh, I don't know if you... Yeah, they literally called it a brain disorder, and I think that they're try- they're still trying to do that to trans people, which is fucking shit. Um, and oh my and NBC, God. Was, NBC is born out of out of a sort of anarcho psychology. It's he got his PhD in Western psychology, and then he gave it the finger and said, "This is the wrong way. You guys, you guys are labeling people. First and foremost, that is a mistake because right. if someone's experiencing depression or anxiety." They weren't born that way. This is like a cloud that has come, and it will pass. And the more that you point your finger at them and label them, the harder that will be to click in their fucking brains that, no, this is not a forever thing. This isn't who I am now. I haven't lost myself. I, I'm just experiencing a feeling right now. It's a, it's a mood. Maybe I'm in a funk, and I need to change my life. Right. Um, yeah, and that's that's NBC. He was like, stop labeling them. <laughs> uh, he learned from the Eastern masters and realized that it's all fluid, and uh, and that really under uh, I think one of the most interesting aspects was um, he wanted to know what was the fundamental difference in a human being uh, between the ones who, after an extreme trauma, would throw their lives away. Or they would seek bloody vengeance. Their life is meaningless. They just want to like hurt the people who did bad or just do drugs or something. Versus the the other group, who something extremely awful would happen to them, and they would devote their life to improving the world and making it a better place. He felt there was something very important to learn from that that difference in in mindset, and he realized that he realized that they, ultimately we've been speaking two languages our entire lives. Um, no matter what language you speak, it could be sign language. It doesn't matter. It's a, it's a sub language. It's a, it's an architecture for logic itself. So, in the computational process that is the brain, when a stimulus is becoming a thought, we have uh, bits of information that we're selecting out of the whole slew of, of information coming from our senses, and and we are looking for particular patterns. Um, and often without ever without realizing what we're doing. We think that we are doing the one way that you do it. It always seems like the normal way because it's normal for you. Um, but either a person is, uh, from the slew of information, they're thinking who did the right or the wrong, who deserves the punishment or the reward, right? Who do I judge, good or bad? Right. Um, or they're thinking, oh, shit, that's a problem. Uh, who needs what? So... Uh, and I, I really think that that is the most ancient form of thinking, because it, it's actually more abstract conceptually. To like, if if you, me, and Thad are walking down the valley and Thad sprains his ankle, you know, I could think, oh, Thad, you're such a like a pussy, or like uh, Thad, you are insert blank, right? Like a label. Um, it's not an effective way to solve the problem, right? So darwinistically, it probably wouldn't be favorable. Um, 
uh, and then uh, uh, the behavior. Um, but then also it's, it's just more complex. It's, it's like the most basic thing to think is, oh, Thag needs help now. Like how far does he need to go? What can, can we stent it? How bad is it? Do we drag him? Do we build a little slay thing? Like, what do I know in terms of solutions for that problem? I, I really think that is how we thought for the vast majority of our evolution. But then cities came along. And once you had cities, you had people with power. And then once you had people with power, they started to condition beliefs. And now you have religion. And then once you have religion, what you need more than anything, if you're going to conquer, if you're going to stay in control, if you need a way to call people bad, you need dehumanization. Because if if you don't dehumanize them, if you can't so much as call them the, you know, some geographic name, the Laurentians or whatever, wherever the fuck they are, if you don't have something non-human to call them, some label for them, then your soldiers aren't going to want to kill them. Especially when they go there and they see they have families and wives and they're not... They're not like horned demons walking around in the loincloths. They're actual living, breathing people just like them and their families. Right. Uh, your soldiers need dehumanization. And for the persecution throughout the, all the religious uh, uh, eras in Europe and elsewhere, you see that it's labeled again and again. Burn the witch. Uh, he's a heretic. They, they always depend on labels. Um, and that's, I think, that's where, where this label-based thinking comes from. This rightness and wrongness was, we've internalized the bully's voice so that he wouldn't beat us up and murder us. And everything is black and white. There's no gray. You know, yeah. it's either it's, yeah. either you're good or you're bad. You can't be both. You know. <laughs> yeah, we get we're the closest we get to that is gray. When in reality, there's tie dye. Like, look at exactly. <laughs> look at reality. Exactly. It's all the colors. Yeah. It is tiny. So, so we're still thinking like we're in the dark ages. We have, we have uh, Stone Age minds and, and fucking Bronze Age ideology. Uh, it's almost amazing we've made it this far. It it really. <laughs> yeah. It, a lot of it is luck, you know. Yeah. Uh, we almost blew ourselves up a few times. We did, and then you know things falling from the sky and. Uh, have you ever heard of the reverse Darwinistic, or no, excuse me, the reverse Orwellian theory? I believe I did, but I'm not. I, I could it's use like, it. It's like double it. Orwell. So, the you know, the Department of Defense is actually the department of, like, attacking, right? Like, it's we're not really in defense anymore. We're really in the market of starting attacking, shit. Attacking, right. Right. Yeah. So it's you know there's the it is Orwellian the defense the U.S. Defense Department, but then the irony is if you think about it in terms of like the the planetary consciousness. Imagine that the planet's alive and it's producing entities uh, uh, with some level of consciousness. Maybe it's just purely mathematical. I don't know. But the funny thing is that if you th- if you think about it on that scale, what this planet needed was for a way for these goddamn rocks to stop falling from the sky and murdering all its megafauna. That just kept happening. It keeps getting these goddamn extinction events. So uh, it, next thing you know, it has this hyper-intelligent monkey um, that with the defense department 
that built the two technologies that would be necessary to stop these mass extinction events. The, the net, which is what we would use to uh, transmit data of an impending threat, right. and then the nuclear weapons we would be sending to alter their course or, or uh, shatter them into uh, manageable chunks that the atmosphere could burn up. You know, it's, uh, the, the two technologies that, that Gaia needs to stop these extinction events, we, the Department of Defense made, kind of funny, I don't know. It uh, is. I I always love the irony that the internet was born out of a communication a way to communicate in the event of nuclear war. I just always <laughs> found that very, very, very because I like the last time we spoke, I believe I told you I always felt that it was going to be the internet that brings humanity together. Yeah. As soon as I learned of it, the moment that I learned of it, I said, "This is it. This is it. This is going to bring us together." This is going to, we don't need represent, going back to direct democracy, we don't need representatives anymore because now now we're talking to each other. Now, yeah. you know, when, when I talk to people in Canada, I'm getting their views about their government, not my representative's interpretation of what their views are. You know, I'm, I'm hearing directly, I have the ability to communicate. I mean, just my social media presence alone between my pages and, and groups I belong to and things, and therefore I'm reaching with my post millions of people every week. And it's an awesome, awesome, awesome power, and everybody has the same power. I'm no, I'm no one special. I'm just using how I just know how to use it. You know, yeah. I make things go viral. I know how to, I know I, great posts, I drop in groups, and there they go. Um, you know, it's just knowing how to use the technology and, and using it for the good. I mean, I, I, uh, I've been banned now, but I was, I joined all the pro Trump groups and I was dropping, (laughs) I was dropping truth bombs. I wasn't, I wasn't saying anything inflammatory. It was just truth, just truth. truth. And they could not handle it. They could not handle it. They could not handle it. Um, yeah. It just it was you'd be like racism exists, and they'd be like banned. <laughs> like okay. oh, immediately, immediately. I was very I was very selective in what I shared, but I mean there were times that I didn't care if they were going to ban me. I was just so angry that I just went in there crazy and just. <laughs> uh, okay, that's hard not to do. <laughs> oh, it was very. And, and you know, I had to just to vent, and, you know. Oh, the, the NBC <laughs> thing. I, I let, let me say the NBC nonviolent communication by Marshall Rosenberg is some of the most incredible formulations or um, technology or techniques for communicating with people that fucking different, you know, because it's absurd. Like they really think that like uh, they they really believe in, in a ton of the shit they're speaking. They they really are right. flat earthers. They, they do they believe, believe it. In. Yes. They believe it. Um, and so when when you can evaluate what they need to hear a message, like if I said something and they would just be thinking, yeah, but blah, 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 then I shouldn't even say that unless I'm going to address that. It's really a blockage. It's like the it can't compute because it has a it has a, like a literal, like a heart, like a firewall. So you have to find like a, a way to bypass that firewall. So you would uh, address the myths first, or you would say, actually, I've seen this happen and it worked in this country, or you know, uh, rather rather than letting them just cut you off and be like, oh yeah, that no socialism, it doesn't work. And some people, you, there's no getting through to them. They are so fucking far gone. Nothing you do will be worth the energy 
because you could have directed that energy to someone on the fence and gotten way further. But I think that's important that we at least try, because I've seen a lot of activists these days who are like, yeah, I don't have any responsibility to, like, explain this to you. And it's like, you just asked me to change how I greet people for the rest of my life. Like, that, if... If it's not, if I'm not important enough to you for you to describe the thing that you're expecting me to change for, then why are you supposed to be important, so important to me that I would change my basic animalistic behavior when I walk into a room and introduce myself to people or something? You know, it's like right. they, they really just sort of like, like, oh, we decided this. Uh, I'm right. You're wrong. So uh, <laughs> activism, like, like, no, that's like, honey, that doesn't. You're fucking us all over. That I'm sorry, but not every reaction that people have to oppression is something that's not going to have a, a serious backlash potentially. You know, we need to, right. we need we need to be learning from um, everything we can instead of shutting ourselves off. And we also need to understand that these people deserve uh, some kind of of, of dialogue that you don't just walk into someone's fucking life and tell them how to live, that you would say why you think a certain way, that you would say what you do or don't think is acceptable, maybe, you know? Um, right. But uh, that, that's all communications with your boundaries, and, and you understand there's a process that, that, you know, where it's like, okay, I'm saying my piece, that's your piece, that's where you're coming from. You've gone your whole fucking life thinking and feeling the way you do possibly. I'm not just going to expect you to change the moment I tell you that something is the right or wrong way, especially when it's controversial. Like I've seen um, one person who is white, a European descendant, they put a feather in their hair, one feather, not the Native American headdress thing, literally wove one feather into their hair. And someone was like, that's cultural appropriation. Now that person is not like a valid activist or whatever. And it's like, wow. we need to be standing together. And, and also, we need to have some sort of like fairness evaluation. Like, you understand that Europeans had tribes too, right? Like, they were also tribal for the majority of human evolution because the majority of human evolution is tribal. So... Uh, yes, they liked birds, because all fucking tribal people... Show me one tribal person that does not have respect for birds. They they are the embodiment of flight. Like, yes, Europe, early Europeans were putting feathers in their hair. One or two, they'd weave it in, probably with a Celtic knot, uh, depending upon the region. You know, so I think that we just, we've sort of lost touch with reality. And so our base is weaker than ever, right? We've been made into this right. weird, like angry, never satisfied thing of a movement and then the, if you, it's like any reasonable person is positioned between one turd and another. Where the fuck are they supposed to stand? Right. And that's why I like direct democracy because we shouldn't have to stand anywhere. Fuck these labels. Fuck even naming the groups anymore. Let's just figure out what ideas we want to work on and uh, and if we have to make a decision on making a good decision as a group, making a consensus process. Well, on on that note, I want to take a quick break, if you don't mind. Uh, I want to play yeah. a song, give us a chance to take a deep breath and uh, think where we're going to go from here. And the song I'm going to play is the Flowbots Fight with Tools. I don't know if you know this song that came out uh, like 2008. Excellent. Um, cool. Enjoy. Here we go. 
Transmitting. Signals coming through. Okay. Echo, echo, one, nine. Hear the call to fault lines. Smoke signals, old rhymes. Show the lights and store signs. Tell them broken code. Find that it is time to breathe, build, bend, and refine you. God tenders give it all, but won't give up radio. Stolen tenders radio, your live spirit. Call sign commando, MO is independent. Scream till the walls fall, dissolve all the limits. Occupied mind, unemployed skills, desolation. Worn out, torn down, just for now. Thrill seekers, playing in chest to babies and beakers. Where gun blast pumps straight from the speakers. The system where the poor get poorly paid. To hold the ladder where the rich get ricocheted into the stratosphere. And in between people are rushing like Vladimir with medals to make the status clear. Get us out of here.
nation, your Gather up your platinum, melt it down. Gather up your gold, melt it down. Gather up your silver, your bronze, your aluminum, melt it down, melt it down, melt it down. That was the Flowbots with Fight with Tools. We are the architects of our last stand, and this is our last stand. <laughs> and uh, we're trying to build it so we can survive it. And uh, I hope you will join us in supporting our efforts here. And uh, I hope you enjoy uh, our conversation. I'm tremendously thrilled with it. Um, I need intellectual stimulation. I mean, I get it, but not like this. And I'm really thankful for it. Thank you, Tony. Good to be here. Can we all really? It, it really is great. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. I'm so much fun. Uh, so is that all for tonight? No, I was going to say we could stay, you know, we have another uh, 45 minutes if you want to keep going. Okay, yeah. Um, I just need to help someone move a couch real quick. I'll call you right back. Sure. Okay. Okay, five minutes. Okay. I'm yeah. going to play another song since he has okay. to move a couch really quick. <laughs> okay. Um, um, the song I'm going to play now is Which Side Are You On? It's a six-minute song. Uh, originally done by Arlo Guthrie, Patty Smith redid it. Uh, in this is live in Marseille, France. It's a great song. Uh, Bernie keeps referring to it in his speeches. So enjoy. Oh, mm-hmm. 
of Reagan on me has finally taken its toll. Lord knows the free market is everything but free. It costs dearly to the planet and the likes of you and me. I don't need no money lender sucking on my tits. A little socialism don't care me one bit. We can do a whole lot worse than Europe or Canada. Come on, Mr. President. Come on, Congress. Make the law. Which side are you on now? Which side are you on? Which side are you on now? Which side are you on? Which side are you on now? Which side are you on? Which side are you on now? Which side are you on? They say in Orleans Parish, there are no neutrals there. There's just too much misery, there's too much despair. America, who are we now? Innocence is gone. Forgive us, Mother Africa, his story's done you wrong. Too many stories written, out in black and white. Yeah, come on, people of privilege, it's time to join the fight. How we living in the shadow of slavery? Which side are you 
Welcome back. I'm still waiting for Tony to call back, so you have me solo for a bit here. I was thinking that there's a poem that I wanted to share with you. I was going to have a separate poetry uh, show, but uh, it really moves me. And the first time I read it, I was just so enthralled by it that um, I share it everywhere I can. It's called To the Oracle of Delphi by Lawrence Ferlinghetti. It was read <clears throat> at Delphi, Greece on March 21st, 2001 at the UNESCO World Poetry Day. Great Oracle, why are you staring at me? Do I baffle you? Do I make you despair? I, Americus the American, wrought from the dark of my mother long ago, from the dark of the ancient Europa. Why are you staring at me now in the dusk of our civilization? Why are you staring at me as I were... If, as if I were America itself, the new empire, faster than any in ancient days, with its electronic highways carrying its corporate monoculture around the world, and English the Latin of our days. Great oracle sleeping through the centuries, awaken now at last, and tell us how to save us from ourselves, and how to survive our own rulers, who would make a plutocracy of our democracy in the great divide between the rich and the poor, in whom Walt Whitman heard America singing, O silent Sybil, you of the winged dreams, speak out from your temple of light, as the serious constellations with Greek names still stare down on us, as a lighthouse moves its megaphone over the sea. Speak out and shine upon us, the sea light of Greece, the diamond light of Greece. Far-seeing Sybil forever hidden, come out of your cave at last and speak to us in the poet's voice the voice of the fourth person singular, the voice of the inscrutable future, the voice of the people mixed with the wild soft laughter and give us new dreams to dream and give us new myths to live by. We need new dreams to dream. We need new myths. We need, we need to reinvent ourselves again and not keep repeating the same paths over and over and over again they're so well worn you know I think it's time for us to evolve I think we've gone through enough and I think we've seen enough for our history to see the lessons that we need to learn now and uh, I guess I'm sorry I'm having a little moment here I usually don't like to talk by myself because I like to have someone else to bounce off of, but um, you have me, so I guess I'll share my uh, vision of Sandersville again. Uh, I really would like it to be an international community um, with people from all over the world uh, be, being the example of a living UN people sharing direct democracy, sharing their cultures, and being able to live in harmony. And that's if that's a utopia, I think it's one that we can achieve on a small scale and then replicate. Um, they have so many diverse people and so many diverse backgrounds in, in this world. 
and America has been a great melting pot and sh- and and the great uh, d- democratic experiment with people from all over the world and now with our government sing- sing- singling out a religion when this country was founded on religious freedom it goes against everything this country stands for and um it isn't a religion that is causing our problems it's ourselves and the, and the choices that we make every day by allowing certain things to happen and not speaking out. So I will leave you with this. You need to act in every way you can because humanity is facing extinction right at this very moment in time. And it's up to us to stop it. And we can't wait four years to elect this out. We, I don't even think we can wait too, because he wants to deregulate all of these climate protections that have uh, really helped our environment. And uh, oh, good, Tony's back. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> hey, yeah. Hi, Tony. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> I'm glad you're back. Um, Me too. Did you hear, Did you hear my poem? No. I read a poem. I, you can hear it. When you listen back, you'll hear it. It was uh, to the Oracle of Delphi poem that was read uh, in 2001 at uh, Delphi, Greece on uh, World Poetry Day. Oh, cool. It it was really beautiful. Um, it talked about having to live, needing new dreams to dream and new myths to to have for to to be to evolve basically, you know. The, yeah, it sounds bad when you say myths, though. I think I know what you mean. A whole new ideologies, right? Forging myths from the old, right? Right. I think it'd be fun to have uh, direct democracy advocates from different parts of the world log on. Like, it hasn't been that hard, especially using Twitter to find. Um, to find people from all over the world. I mean, there's so many people working on things that, like, it's it's exciting. It's an exciting time for direct democracy, and uh, there's a lot of international work going on. So there is, uh, and I, I wanted. To, I think I think Nick just made an international group. Um, I wanted to make. I, I wanted to. Uh, I couldn't find it when I was looking for groups to post the show in today. So I'm not sure if it's maybe just a page and not a group, um, but I think we should have a group and uh, a place where we can all kind of uh, hash out ideas and thoughts and things, you know. Yeah, ironically, that's what we're all building, right? But right. Um, like, so really, the the goal is to find find more people for the show, right? So we can get more more of uh, more of an international feel for the subject. Yes. Um, yeah. And so I guess if I if I think of anyone, I'll poke them, and we should all kind of try and try and do that. Try and get people on the show to I talk have about a, it. Figure it out. I have a friend from uh, Brussels who's Greek, who works uh, in the EU government, who's going to come on this weekend. He's all about cool. direct democracy. I, he was on my show. I had a show back during Occupy Wall Street. If you look up Blog Talk Radio. Slash Occupy Torrington. Um, I have about thirty shows I did during Occupy Wall Street. Uh, 
I interviewed a lot of different occupiers from all over the world. Um, cool. It was a really cool, uh, cool thing. But he was one of the people that I uh, became friends with, and we've been friends since. And uh, he has a lot to say, so I'm anxious to have him on the show. Cool, cool. All right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, any, anybody you can recruit, that would be great. I would love it. Yeah. Um, have you taken a Twitter yet and uh, searched for direct democracy? It's funny because it's, if you search Facebook for direct democracy, it's like, yeah, here's like five, like ten groups maybe. Um, but if there's you, a lot more now, there's a lot more now. Since when? This is like. I don't know. I feel like there was there's a lot of groups, but they're usually like, like four or five two days people, ago. You know, like two days okay. ago. No. Cool. No, there were cool. there were quite a few, and I posted in all of them. I joined them all, and I posted the show on them tonight. So I'm hoping some people from them are listening. And if cool. you know, awesome. we have a half hour left of the show. If anybody wants to call in, the phone number is three one nine five two seven six seven nine two. Again, it's three one nine five two seven. Six seven nine two. It would be great for someone to call in with questions about direct democracy or whatever's on your mind. We're we're up for anything. Um, It's a it's an amazing time. As as scary as it is, it is scary. It's like walking (laughs) on a razor blade. Um, It is an exciting time, and we can just harness the, the all that crazy negative energy and convert it to the good. I think we got it. Yeah, I must say that sounds rather vague. I mean, just all the energy that's been generated by this hysteria over the Muslims, this hysteria over uh, uh, wanting to kill Obamacare, all these these, uh, hysterical energies, if we can kind of, through direct democracy, harness that energy and, and... and I guess what I'm trying to say is once it goes to your your platform, the majority it will it will become the majority will the common sense will rule, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well yeah, Isn't I mean that's that's the goal. So uh we I kind of refer to this as, as a somewhat like judo. You know, like, um, and it's like this NVC too. Uh, you, you probably hear me talk about NVC a lot in the future because NVC is what the individual does um, that, that, that really is sort of what direct democracy should be for collectives. So if there's a problem, I'm figuring out who needs what, how can it be provided realistically, um, and that's what direct democracy is too. It's just it's need literacy for groups. Right, uh, with exactly. A lot of communication exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. We have to communicate our needs. I mean, our language. I I love the thought that we could have a space for people to just work on words. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I yeah, love that. Everything. We need. And, we need and that. Think about we all the. Think about right all the teens looking for sex advice, or like they're getting into drugs. And they are getting, they're learning from the worst fucking people. Their heroes are like, uh, God, I'm sorry, but I met one the other day who's, uh, he thinks, oh, what's his, his name? The one who does like all the fucking drugs on the road, 
you know I'm talking about uh, high in Las Vegas, uh, sees bad shit. Oh. Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. He's like one of the the you know the hero figures from the '60s or whatever. But really, I I never sensed compassion or. It seemed like he was just a guy who did a lot of drugs and was really cool because he did all the drugs. Like I'd never seen anything that really resonated with me from his work and 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 more than Willie that, Nelson? I mean, like remember that huh? Willie Nelson? Willie Nelson? No, no, no. He's awesome. I, he's one of my heroes. Uh, uh, not Liz, God, not Liz Claypool. He's uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. You know who I'm talking about? Oh, uh, yes. What's his oh. name? Oh, the star of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Everyone knows who I'm talking about. Maybe that's a moderate. I don't Nick know. Cage? I just feel like people. Nick Cage. Uh, Nick Cage. No. Um, uh, all I know is they are learning from some of the most unideal sources imaginable. The all the all the shows feature people who are acting really dramatically because if you have people who are just really good at solving problems and speaking from their heart and setting boundaries, you don't have like a an action packed thriller. You have like people being cool with each other, and that doesn't make for as good of a movie. So people have to understand that the media is constantly programming them through the really monkey see monkey do uh, classical conditioning or whatever you want to call it. Uh, to to think that that when there's a problem that you get all sensational character you become a character rather than you just speaking from your heart and your mind. Um, right. It's it's been sad seeing an epidemic of people who who don't understand they're being programmed and they're being programmed to be the shittiest most ineffective people ever. Oh. They don't understand they're being programmed. No truer words were ever spoken. They don't yeah. understand it. They don't. I mean, they don't call TV programming for nothing. Yeah. It literally <laughs> is programming you. I mean, it's they're exactly very literal. The TV, although they make the mistake of not calling the advertising the programming, too, because the advertising is just as much a matter of programming as the rest of it. And Absolutely. At least in Absolutely. terms of conditioning, all of that. And psychic uh, and psychological uh, manipulation, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and a lot of psychology, you know, a lot of it oh, yes. is just yeah. opening someone's eyes to the fact they had an option in the first place. They don't realize they had a cognitive bias. They don't realize that anything can seem normal um, and that uh, there's, a, there's a basic sanity underneath all of this if you just know how to get back there. Right. Finding the path back to sanity from yeah is uh, from utter madness yeah and that's where we are uh, it's not an easy path yeah especially considering how much work we have to do I mean uh, it will from be my done perspective, especially like with psychedelics eventually you realize like wait like that like uh, like okay. I don't mean to estrange anyone. I know everyone loves meat, but like, like that's literally body parts. Like, it's like if you walked into my house and you saw like carcasses, you, that would be a little weird. Um, and and that's kind of where we are. It's like literally the bodies of creatures that couldn't defend themselves from us. We've just enslaved them, and they live in feces and fucking. They're they're driving up the antibiotic resistance with ever fat, ever greater pace and. 
it's just like the the depth of our depravity are oh, beyond crisis. comprehension. A crisis. Yeah, but a lot of people yeah. don't understand the depth of the crisis because they're they, again going back to their superficial lives. They never look very deeply, so they really don't understand the depth of what's going on. And the yeah. scary thing yeah. is, I don't know if they will ever be able to be made to care. You know, I don't know if there really is humanity left in that shell because you I, know. Well, let me put it this way: think about a thirty-year-old. Um, in in the dating and when people get beyond that, you you have you have people who are like Wee! when they're teenagers, right? And then when they're right. in their twenties, they're doing all these things that are expected of them, and eventually they get disillusioned. You you see them they they kind of they're not as stubborn about being monogamous. They're they they sort of open up because they realize that they were lied to, and they realize right. that what they've been doing hurts and it's going to keep hurting. So um, humanity, if not from our best elements, will come from the, the, the will to avert pain. And in fact, one of my favorite poetic statements about the transformation of either an individual or a species is that change is inevitable. At, it's precisely at the juncture in which um, the, the amount that it hurts to not change exceeds the amount of pain it takes to change. So right. uh, I think progress is coming, um, but we, uh, yeah, you know, we've got a long road. Uh, if we survive ourselves, because now, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's coming, but I just hope that we're not too late in the, it's almost like Bernie, you know, I mean, he had all this momentum and it looked really good, but the super delegates were planned way before, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that knew. was the thing, though. Is it only looked good if you turned a blind eye to the fact that this system has never worked for us. Uh, there was a really important study that was done in, I think, it's the Princeton, uh, by, by Princeton students. I don't remember the publication. Um, it's a Princeton study, though, and they, they basically mapped, they plotted the the mass of how our democracy has been working. They've basically what they did was they they created um, a graph where on the x-axis, as you go to the right, you you have an idea of popularity, right? So if it's at zero, that means that idea is not popular with nobody, and if it's at 100, that's supposed to be the most popular ideas there are, right? With everything else right. in between. Um, and then on the y-axis, if you go from the middle to up or the bottom to the top, yeah, from the bottom to the top, is the the amount of support it received in Congress um, or the Senate. Okay. Um, so basically, the idea is if you actually have a democracy, mathematically, there should be a direct or a proportional relationship between how popular something is <coughs> and how much support it got from your supposedly democratic government, right? right? If it's a very popular idea with the people, it should have a lot of support, right? And if it's super unpopular with the people, it should have less support. And it should we don't expect it to be perfect, right? But we expect there to be some correlation. correlation. Yes. There's supposed to be some connection between those two things. And what they found is that the, the relationship between popularity or um, democratic values or demand 
versus the amount of support that the politicians gave it was nil. It was it was non-existent. It was wow. um, there was no mathematical relationship. And 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 then they they plotted this and they said, well, what happens when we graph the popularity amongst rich people? Are rich people getting what they want? And it was the exact. It was like the, you know, when you mix two functions, you get, uh, you really do get the result of both of them combined. So like if, if something was uh, let's say uh, it had a constant value of one third, it didn't go up or down no matter what x did, right? And then right. you combine that function with something that are you, uh, yeah, that that did increase, then then you could get. Uh, no, I'm sorry. You're just shifting it. You have to average the two. Basically, what they saw was an exact average between the flat line we get and the ideal line of a democracy. So basically, they usually get what they want. We right. we're total. We are meaningless to the system. The system will do whatever it can for them. That's what that math. That's what that graph and that study have concluded for us. So, did Bernie ever look good? Well, it depends. It depends who you're asking, because someone who's seen that graph is going to look at Bernie, and they're going to go, "That's that's another dead end scenario. This is just another dead end in the maze." Um, you know, he could have said, "You know, why am I even going to bother? Because she has these super delegates wrapped up. I never, I don't have a shot." Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. If he did not run, people still would be sleeping for the most part, the majority of people that are now awake, because he yeah, awoke. Yeah, you're right. He awoke. We felt such, something for a minute. He did. But you know what? He also has to look for out for himself and his family. And I really do believe in my heart of hearts that he knows he's with a sinking ship with the Democratic Party. But... I think, I mean, I probably shouldn't say this, but I, I have to. I really think his life was threatened because his heart is not, he was an independent, you know. He knew that a, another party would destroy the Democratic Party, and he didn't want to be the person that destroyed the Democratic Party, you know. And Why? <laughs> because... His life is threatened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not, you know, old man. Yeah, he'll die for his values, but he's got grandkids. It's really not rocket science. And it's yeah. a just, again, it's a, it's a dead end. It's a death machine because even if someone with a lion heart gets in there, then they're just going to get destroyed. They're either going to get character assassinated. Like, they'll, they'll just make up a scandal. They, they, video right. editing technology has got to the point where they can put your face on anyone or anything and make That's it do anything they want. And then they'll be like, oh, look at this. It's, uh, our vet, our uh, video experts vetted this. It is officially not uh, not a scam or whatever the fuck they want to say. And then anyone who says otherwise is a conspiracy theorist, you know. They'll say, uh, we've had video experts uh, vet this. We know it's not manipulated. It could be like the most manipulated thing on earth. Lay people don't fucking know. They don't look into it. They get their Right. right. They just take it up. Right. It is terrifying. I'm having to wonder if we should just move to the Netherlands, man. Like, is this just the wrong part of the world? 
people here are too damn comfortable and drugged up to fucking realize that their spirituality has nothing to do with how you dress and that you're all just fucking posers, not right. not doing right. what matters. If you're if you're like think about what, like would Gandhi have mattered? Would we even know his fucking name if he just went to like EDM concerts and like talked all philosophical with people while high? Like, I'm not saying you shouldn't go to an EDM concert and talk philosophy and enjoy yourself. I'm just saying that, like, there's people, they just, like, the, I, like spiritually, they, they, they sort of, they sort of think, okay, well, there's always been suffering. There will always be suffering, right? We never would have cured uh, smallpox with that, you know. Small, smallpox was cured because someone said, wait, no, 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 no. I don't care if this has been here forever. That doesn't matter. What matters is that we are gaining new abilities and that we have a problem that needs to be dealt with, you know? And that, that's, that's what I want to see spirituality mean, is that people come together and they fucking do things. Maybe they even sacrifice a little bit something every now and then for the world, for each other. Um, not just, you know, pay extra money to go to some super petty spiritual event. Like, you know, there's people paying $200 to consume some drug at some, some sort of retreat thing, and it's like... Right, right. Uh, maybe that's medicine, but at the same time, is that all you're doing? Like, you're going to call yourself enlightened because you fucking crapped yourself in ayahuasca one time? Like, <laughs> like uh, okay, do the ayahuasca and shit, but, like, remember, the world needs you to come out here and do stuff. You need to act. That's, yeah, Take that's... Action. That's uh, yes. That's why I'm. I mean, I, if we're gonna talk about spirituality, I'll come out. I am a non-theist Quaker, and okay, um, I've I heard this before. It's a little I, bit atheist, but it's not really atheist. Right. It's just not. I believe in the universe. I don't believe in a god. I guess I'm caught up in the wording, kind of. Um, I believe in. Well, the that's because you're saying you don't believe there's some naked guy in the clouds out there watching us all masturbate. Like, that's not... Right. That right. doesn't make sense. But the idea right. that there might be... Like, the universe might have some sort of awareness, or there might right. be something beyond what is immediately measurable or visible. Right. Yeah. And right. at the very least, as a Quaker, uh, whenever I've seen a more atheist uh, Quaker um, or other group... Uh, usually the Quakers, though, there's uh, a lot of atheist Quakers uh, or Unitarians. Uh, usually it's like, hey, let's just try and build a world where we're all good to each other and not bother with the theism stuff. Let's, you know. But we get caught in the theism is what screws everything up. <laughs> yeah. You know? So true. I mean, if we just looked at the religious text as philosophy as opposed to a law or. Or, or when in the context it was written at the time, instead of trying to apply it to now. Um, Hell, even if we did apply it know. to now, as long as we look to that, you know, like um, like if if Christianity was actually based on being Christ-like, if like being Christian was supposed to be like you emulated Christ, then why do they all have short hair? Right. Exactly. You know why, you know why they have short hair? <laughs> You know why they all show, why they're not long hairs and why they demonize long hairs now? Oh, tell me, tell I mean, me. You know, you know it's the side, but the the actual cutting of the hair and that being like the standard right way for a Christian male to dress, um, right. that comes from battle. 
people with long hair have one more handle to grab and kill them with. So if you want a bunch of people to kill for you and you want them to be the best little killers they can be, then you fucking cut their hair off. You take that, wow. that symbol of beauty and you remove it. And you make take it so the they're actually... Away. Take the power yeah, away. Yeah, you take their spiritual beauty and their flowiness and all of that, like the the free energy that, that long hair is always naturally embodied. Um, people think it embodies wisdom. Maybe that's just because it grows as they get older. But um, at the end of the day, that's the irony. Is everything about Christianity is to, is to be antichrist. You 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 you're ready to kill. That's I mean literally ready to murder. You fucking wear a slip, a silken slip knot around your throat. Like how much how much shit can we load into this? Uh, <laughs> you think a real man doesn't feel? I'm sorry, a fucking murderer sociopath doesn't feel. That's the reality. Right. Um, right. You know, so it's like how much, how, oh, and they think uh, poverty is natural. There's just always going to be people dying, right? Jesus was like, I'm going to get off my ass and go out there and make this not be a thing tomorrow because I'm going to be out there feeding them. And here we are. If you try to feed the homeless, you get fucking arrested in Florida. If you try to build shelter, you get fucking uh, arrested. They tear it down or some shit. Um, this really is like the the most evil a culture can be without actually collapsing. If it was any more evil, the facade would, would collapse and there'd be anarchy. Right, right. Yeah, we are on that. We are right on that line. Yeah. We so are, I actually, I I actually wanted to write a book called the, the Pinnacle of Corruption. And it would it would mostly be about the fact that uh, the most corrupt society ever to exist would be lying about being the best society of all time. That that's the yeah. inherent design of that's the inherent dynamic of evil is that it has to uh, when it doesn't have a winning position, which it doesn't because it's evil. Uh, right. Which uh, by which I mean self-interested at the expense of life or or fucking freedom for others. Um, at that point, it only has the option to lie, and so it's going to say it's the best if it's the worst. If it's the worst, it is going to say it's the best. Right. Just that's where we are now. Number. Well, that's yeah, where we are now. Answer. Yeah, it is. You. It, oh, these people are freezing to death outside. Let's fucking put up spikes. Yeah. Like that's you're fucking evil. That's evil. Let's let's spend all our money on a wall to keep people out that are picking our yeah. our, our fields. And let's uh, not ask if what, how NAFTA affected that, or if maybe some of our trade agreements are I don't know predatory or anything. Let's right. not ask why these people would spend thousands of dollars and risk their whole lives and leave everyone they know and love just just to fucking get over a like a small patch of land. Like it really is rooted in the subconscious white supremacist narrative that people in brown countries have like brown government and brown government sucks. Not like brown right. people society is just never as good as white people society. Like that's really what this is. Otherwise, they would be like, why are all these families going from one country to the other, even though it's so dangerous? Like, I'm not going to fucking go to Canada if I might, if there's a 70% chance I'm going to get killed or possibly raped on the border. You know, as a male, I don't have to worry, but, but that's happening to a fuck ton of women, and they're still trying to make that trip. So right. why are we not asking ourselves, huh, why are these people so desperate? Uh, and, and instead, we're just, you know, assuming that 
that brown people's society is inferior to white people's society and that everyone wants white people's society, so they're going to come here and water down our good white people's society. Like, that's literally what Republicanism is right now. I don't know which party to be more disappointed in. Oh, yeah, Republicans. <laughs> like, whenever, whenever I criticize liberals, it's like I think back to, like, how fucking stupid a lot of right-wing ideology is. And it's like, like, you can literally ask yourself, what would a slave master want me to think? And then, boom, that's republicanism right there. Like, <laughs> give, me an, give me an example. Name one issue and be like, what would a rich person want poor people to think? So that, that in this situation, what would a slave master say? Like, I, I, fuck, man, like, name an example, you know? I'm, I mean it. If you can think of something off the top of your head, abortion, uh, war, prison, fucking right. food for children in schools. Like, name one issue. I, I swear to God, this is their actual function. Yeah, make, How do make, I make, them, make them sleep the floor so they can get some food at school. Yeah. They got to work for their yeah. food. Yeah, the children. Yeah. <laughs> let them go, let them go uh, scrub, the, scrub the floors with the toothbrush for a while. Yeah, it will teach them responsibility. Oh, like we, like, which is so ironic because if they knew a thing about responsibility, they they would be like, oh, that child will have a better education if we can contribute like one cent on every dollar to make sure they get food. Um, not even on every dollar. We're talking like one cent every five dollars. This is a pretty small budget. Uh, should we feed the children? Yes or no? Like that's like the cafeteria lunches are. A lot for one person to pay for, but as a society, is a very, very small cost. So if we're trying to save a couple pennies uh, because we don't want to take responsibility for the structural poverty in our society or, or just for the idea that, you know, maybe we're investing in our locale and we want to have a bunch of people who are educated and not fucking dangerous criminals who only know how to do crime, like, that wouldn't that be nice, you know? But we so have it's really uh, the complete abdication of responsibility, and then they're saying that children need to be responsible. It's, it's a cruel joke. It is a cruel joke. And on that note, uh, we we have about five minutes left, and uh, yeah. I really want to thank you for coming on tonight and contributing such a wonderful um, content to this uh, program because it it was just really. Really phenomenal. I, I I was I loved it, and I I look forward to doing it again. And I'm looking forward to bringing other voices on uh, internationally, and uh, and that will be really great. And I uh, lawgen.org, check it out. That's the future. Uh, Sandersville Living Direct Democracy on Facebook. Join me. Let's make this happen, people. Come on, we can do it. Have a good night, Tony. You too. Thanks for making Take care. We'll be talking. Okay. Bye-bye. And I'm going to leave you with this winning by the Flowbots because we will win this. Have a great night, everybody.
A group of teenage boys watches a video of a father playing catch with his son. An adult film star paints thumbnail portraits of elderly couples, fully clothed and smiling. A record executive records them all his apology. A policeman makes reverse 911 calls, instructing residents to take to the streets. A patriarch reports to you. And be counted, wounded, stationed in the belly of the vulture. Watch your back, there's no civilians, women, children, frontline prison. Consider this a distant early warning. The fire's imminent pollution, gathering dust particles, funneling through smokestacks, airways, bandwidth, disinformation to fed. Check the labels, delete the virus, alert the masses. Butterfly wing crosswinds send black hawks toward hurricane survivors. Roses sprout from empty lots and sidewalk cracks. Pacifist gorillas move undetected through concrete jungles. New forms are beginning to take shape. Once-occupied minds are activating. People are waking up. The insurgency is alive and well. Rise of the Flobot portrait of the new American insurgent Rattle and shake the foundations of the world order Assembly line, consent, resist, refuse, inform, create Direct love wants to the trenches Suit up, force rubble into fortresses Blast with bronze, aluminum, broken porcelain Russian platinum, burn blood stains from decompressed diamonds Hammer the battle cry into braille studded armor We are building up the new world do not sit idly by. Do not remain neutral. Do not rely on this broadcast alone. We are only as strong as our signal. There is a war going on for your mind. If you are thinking, you are winning. Resistance is victory. Defeat is impossible. Your weapons are already in hand. Reach within you and find the means by which to gain your freedom. Fight with 